0: First Corinthians, the 12th chapter, we've been dealing with the Corinthian church, we've entitled this Scandalous, an inside look at the Corinthian church. And prayerfully, as we go through here today, we'll we'll set uh, the stage to finish this book out here on next week, prayerfully. Amen. Uh, What we're going to do today, we're going to share in this 12th. We're going to 12th chapter, 13th chapter, and the 14th chapter. Y'all know that I can't do that verse by verse because we would be here all day. But what we're we going to do is this 12th chapter today deals with, with spiritual gifts. And as I shared with you on last week, we're going to take some time during our midweek Bible study to really hone in on spiritual gifts and get an understanding of what your gifting is and how God utilizes spiritual gifts to build the body. Amen. So let's start at 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We'll begin our reading at verse number 1. Amen? Verse number 1 of this 12th chapter, and we're going to move today. Okay, so now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your, your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Now, watch this. I want, I want you to read that in the King James Version of the Scripture, because I think this is just the word, that, that word ignorant, jumps off the page of it because so many times it's been misunderstood but notice what Paul said in the KJV says now concerning spiritual gifts brethren that means he's talking to the church I would not have you ignorant okay now verse number two let's go it says you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led Verse three says, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God called Jesus a curse and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Verse number four says, now there are diversities of gifts, but what? The same spirit. The next verse says in verse five, and there are differences of administration, what? But the same Lord. Verse number six, watch this, and there are diversities of of operation, but it's the same God, which what? Work it all in all. Now, we're going to stop right there, and we're going to begin to unpack this chapter, and then we're going to look at chapter 13, which is the love chapter, and we're going to see where God is telling us that spiritual gifts should be operating, amen, out of agape love. Amen. And what we're going to look at it and, and see is how what, what is Paul really delving into with this Corinthian church and how does, that, how does that affect us today in the year 2019? As we are studying the Corinthian church, let's take the principles and the lessons learned and begin to apply them in this church and in our own individual lives. Is that fair enough? So we, when we learn what, what to do and what not to do, then now we are obligated Amen. To do that thing that we have been, uh, we've come into the knowledge of. The Bible says, "To whom much is given, much is what required." So, the more knowledge I get, the more I'm expected to do what I've gotten. Can I get a witness? So now, now, uh, as we look at this, all of us who've been sitting with us for the last few weeks are aware that the Corinthian church was facing severe problems that were about to tear the church apart. Can I get a witness? And one of the most serious problems was the issue of spiritual gifts. No gift, no ability, no endowment from God should ever be abused or cause a controversy in the church. But the gifts of God's spirit were being so abused by the Corinthian believers that the church was about to be torn apart. And so Paul is writing as he addressing and answering questions from this church. Now, uh, th- this th- this issue was real critical, guys, because Paul Paul actually devotes three whole chapters to spiritual gift abuse. Oh, y'all, listen to me! Three whole chapters he dedicated to spiritual gift abuse in the church. And and when we look at this, one of the things we got to understand is the spiritual gifts uh, were prophesied in the Old Testament. Go with me, if you will, to Joel Joel chapter two. And some of y'all you need your, if you need your table of contents, utilize that. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 29. How many of y'all have studied Joel lately? Uh, yeah, okay, all right, all right. And most of y'all have probably have heard the scripture that is quoted verbatim in the book of Acts, amen, after the on the day of Pentecost. Okay, the same verse was quoted, amen, in Acts the uh second, chapter verses 17 through 18. The Bible says this then after doing all those things he says i will pour out my spirit upon what all people your sons and daughters will do what prophesy your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions 29 let's read it in those days i will pour out my spirit even on servants men and women alike and so what 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 prophetically god is proclaiming here in the book of joel uh, comes into manifestation over in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. Men and women, sons and daughters, they're going to prophesy. They're going to they're begin to speak what thus said the Lord. And so, so we saw that prophecy come into f- fruition on the day of Pentecost, but those, as those gifts of the Holy Spirit were permeating throughout the church, in Corinth, they were being misused and abused. Jesus had promised, amen, and discussed the Holy Spirit with his followers uh, in great detail while he was here with them on earth. Go to John the 14th chapter, right quick, and we're going to look at verse number 15. St. John the 14th chapter, and we're going to begin to look at verse number 15. Are y'all still walking with me today? Guys, I want us to get an understanding of this because so many of us grew up in ministry and grew up in church, and we never really. Grasp uh, understood the power that's available to each one of us who name the name of Christ. So many of us have lived this Christian life out of our own strength, out of our own emotion, out of our own mindset, and not realizing that God never designed us as born again believers to live this Christian life in our own strength. That's why, that's why, uh, so many times, even in our songs that we sing, in, in days gone by, we, the songs were, were, were uh, they were songs, sometimes, if you think back on it, I'm not being critical, but some of them were, were somewhat saddened because it was an indication that people were trying to live this life in their own strength. I'm tired of this load I carry. God never told you to carry the load. That's why you're tired, because you carry the load. He said, cast all your cares upon him for he what carry it for you. So if you are carrying your load, that means that you're trying to do it in your own strength. And I am here to tell you right now as as, as as a 55-year-old man getting ready to be 56, if you try to do ministry in your own strength, you will get burnt out and you'll get tired. Are oh, y'all listening to me today? But God never designed us to, to live this Christian life. In our own strength. So, watch what he says. See, look at what Jesus said as he's speaking and, and, and instructing his disciples in John the 14th chapter, verse number 15. Can we read it together? It says, What? If you love me, read it out loud. Y'all didn't say that loud enough. Come on, let's, let's go. If you love me, obey my commandments. As Jesus' talking to his followers. Verse 16, let's read. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Who will never leave you. Another comforter who will never leave you. Verse 17, let's go. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. He is the Holy Spirit, not it is the Holy Spirit. He, Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. Amen? Not a thing, but it's a person. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit is a person that I, as a born-again believer, should not be afraid of. Watch this. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Come on, next verse. Let's read. It says, no, I am not. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Let's read. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my father and you are in me and I in you. Come on, let's go. Twenty one. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And I got news for you. You don't really love Jesus if you don't do what he says. Let's say it again. I'm going to say it again. We don't really love Jesus like we claim to love Jesus if we don't do the things that Jesus tells us to do. I mean, guys, come on, let's think about this for a second. If, if I love my wife, then, then there are going to be some characteristics in my behavior that indicate my love for her. Now, I may mess up every now and then, but I shouldn't be messing up every day of the week. If I love my wife, I'm going to provide for her. If I love my wife, I'm going to talk to her in, in, in a way that's uplifting, not degrading. If I love my wife, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to care for her. I'm going to make sure that, that I'm there by her side. So that she don't have to guess whether I really love her. Amen? How many of y'all have ever been in a relationship where you had to guess whether that person loved you or not? How many of y'all married have, have, have guessed it, Have to guess that it? Yeah. Come on, can we be real? Can we be honest? There have been times that sometimes when you're dealing with a person who stay with you, uh, sometimes you think, "Who is this? Does she really love me?" Hello, you know, it, it, guys. Listen, if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves in a position to where we are not exuding. And, and, and showing the love of God, amen, to those who we are in covenant relationship with. But if I love my wife, it should be shown in my actions toward her. And vice versa. Amen? If she loves me, I mean, she, she, her actions ought to, ought to indicate to me that she loves me. Hello? All right? And, and, and there are some times when, when, when men may not think their wives love them. Are you following me? Can we move a little further? Say, go on, pastor. Say, don't stay there, pastor. Let's move on. Mercy, move, move, move. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Now again, love is love is shown by our obedience to His word. Now, if you don't do anything He says, I mean, I'm not talking about just coming to church, but I mean living out this, this the tenets of your faith in your everyday life. Then there's a question about whether or not you know what the true love is. All right, I watch the next verse. Come on, let's go. I get here. Judas. Not Judas Carus, but the other disciple with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Next verse. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. There he is again. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. And anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. Next verse. Let's read. It says, I'm telling you these things. Now while I'm still with you. But look at this, what he said. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, what will he do? He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you, all right? That I've told you. So Jesus had promised and discussed the Holy Spirit with his followers in great detail. He There's other passages where he shared about the Holy Spirit, his work. But guys, here's what I'm going to get into all of our hearts and minds and soul. We don't have to run this Christian journey alone. As a matter of fact, we were never designed to do so. Jesus is saying right here that I'm giving you a comforter, a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who will be there with you and guide and lead you and reveal to you everything you need to know. But if i am unaware of the holy spirit if i don't embrace his work and, in my life then i'm going to be sitting here having something available to me that i'm not utilizing and 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 now i'm not living a victorious christian life because i'm not aware of the work in the person of the holy spirit can i get a witness like get back get back to first Corinthians the 12th chapter right quick and i want to uh Home back in on what he says here. Listen carefully to what Paul says here uh, uh, in in this in this first verse of First Corinthians the twelfth chapter. Okay, so so when we look at this thing, understand this that that spiritual gifts are important. He says this now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. I would not have you to be ignorant. Okay, now the three ways that a person can be ignorant about spiritual gifts. I want you just jot these down. These are not all you know, but jot these down. There are three ways a person can be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Number one, a person can be ignorant that there is such a thing as spiritual gifts. In other words, you may not even know, about, you know, in other words, you, you don't even know or haven't been taught and understand that there is such a thing as spiritual gifts. Because I'll be honest with you, in a lot of our churches when we grew up, particularly in traditional churches, they didn't talk about the works of the Holy Spirit very much. Because what... I don't know, I guess because there was there were those who, who went far to the right, then there were the other churches that went far to the left and didn't say anything about the work of the Holy Spirit. So a person can be ignorant that there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit or, or that there is such a thing as spiritual gifts. In other words, that person may not know that God endows or blesses every born-again believer, every genuine born-again believer with a spiritual gift. One, two, three, or four. You may have five of them. I don't know. Amen. But at least one. So a person can be ignorant that, that everybody who's born again has been empowered and enabled with spiritual giftings and God has enabled that person to serve and live for Christ. So that's number one. That's one way you ain't never heard of spiritual gifts. Second way is a person may know that God gifts his people but he may not know what special gifts God has given him. In other words, you know about spiritual gifts, but you're ignorant to the fact of what your gifting is. Now, I would surmise to you that probably a good percentage of people in this church right now don't know what your spiritual gift is. Well, I can say, singing ain't what I'm talking about. Singing is not the spiritual gifts. We're going to see that's not in here, right? We'll look at it, right? So, in other words, a person may know that God give spiritual gifts, but may not know what their specific spiritual gifting is. Amen? You may may not know what what it is that God wants you to do for Christ and the church. All right? So that's the second way you can be ignorant. First way, you ain't never heard of it. Second second way is you heard a spiritual gift, but you don't know what yours is. All right? So again, Ignorant means just not know. Don't mean that you're an unintelligent person. It means that you don't have knowledge of certain things. As I've always said, all of us are ignorant about certain things in our life. All of us have errors where we are unlearned. How many, y'all, how many of y'all think y'all know something about computers, but you really don't know? I mean, I mean you, you you know how to do Word and Excel, but you don't know how to program, do you? Huh, you don't know any 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 code? What, what's a what's a what's a a a, a processing a, a a coding language? Somebody who knows anything about, it. say it right quick. Katie, give me a, give me a language that that you can write code. And you am I, am I do I sound ignorant? Okay, G- give me give me a name of one code that you a, a processing a coding language. Java, okay. See, so I wouldn't know what Java is. Then they used to have something called. Cobalt? Anybody remember that? All right. Now, I would dare say that if I were to to, to pull all of us who know something about computers, now, all of us, uh, if you work in any type of uh, uh, work environment today, you pretty much, especially in the office, you got to know something about how to turn one on, <laughs> how to create a document, how to do a spreadsheet. How many of y'all know what an Excel spreadsheet is? Let me see your hand. Okay, we got something, Okay, how many of you know how to create one? How many of you know how to? to, to, to I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about the basic thing: column one plus column two, <laughs> equal column three. You says that's where most of us land, right? We can do that, but that's that's, that's about as far as our knowledge goes. So, what I'm saying is, in, in a general sense of the term, unless we have worked for years in that industry or have have gotten training or majored in that industry or in that in, in, in computer languages, we just don't know because. It takes time to learn all that stuff, right? So I, w- I will admit that I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat ignorant of the, of the, the deep roots of, of, of IT technology. IT technology. IT. IT is short for information technology, right? So I said information technology, technology is right there. So, see, I'm still showing my ignorance some, somewhat, right? Are you all right, y'all with me? So some stuff we just don't know. And what I'm telling you is this: that as believers in Christ Jesus, if we're going to serve God uh, to, to our maximum capacity, we must not be ignorant concerning our gifting. And 85% of Christians don't know what their spiritual gifting is. Not that you're not a bad person, not that you're not saved, but you don't know what your gifting is. And your gifting will place you in position to serve admirably for the Lord Jesus Christ, because He gave you that gift. We're going to see to build the church, Amen. So, number one, a person can be ignorant that there is any such thing as a spiritual gift. Number two, the person may be, may know about spiritual gifts, but they don't know what theirs is. And the third way a person can be ignorant is they may know what their gifts are, but they may not know how to properly use them. You know what your gift is, but you don't know how to properly use it. And it was at this point that the Corinthian church was having so much trouble. Many of the believers knew their spiritual gifts, but they were misusing them, failing to use them as God wanted them to be used. Now, guys, let, let, me, let, me, let me help you out right quick. There's only one solution for ignorance, and that is what? Knowledge, getting knowledge, study. I cannot know something, but if I'm willing to study it and to set myself up on a teaching, then I can learn the area that I'm ignorant in. I mean, is that right? Now, let's let's say, for instance, how many of y'all know how to work on a car? I mean, I mean you're mechanically inclined. I mean, we got a few people who work on a car. Uh, how many of y'all could 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 work on these vehicles now with the computer chips and all that stuff in there how many of y'all how many of y'all are shade tree mechanics <laughs> come on now you, you shade tree you go up under the hood and see the holes and then' nowhere go oh, you don't need that how many of y'all have them shade tree mechanics tell you well you don't really have to have that why? Did the manufacturer, pray, tell me, put that thing in there if you don't have to have it. That's what shade tree folks do. Most of us are, 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 are for the most, most of us are primarily unlearned as it relates to the mechanical operation of a vehicle, right? I mean, so that's why you take it to somebody who knows what they're doing. Okay, who knows what they're doing? I want somebody who's certified. Amen? Because when you mess it up, hello, I need somebody who's certified. Because even, even the manufacturer, in a lot of cases now, they, they, they're requiring you, if their warrant is going to be, if their warrant is going to be honored, you, you got to go to a, a certified uh, GM, uh, uh, whatever they call them, the certification that GM mechanic gets or that, that Lexus mechanic gets, okay? And so everybody can't work on cars like they used to do in the old days. It's different now. You may not even have the instrumentation to do that, but 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 there are a lot of errors that we're ignorant. In, but one error we should not be ignorant in is about spiritual gifts. So in Corinth, they, they 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 were they were ignorant because they were not using their gifting properly. And so we got to study the Word of God and seek the guides of the Holy Spirit to learn about spiritual gifts and to learn what our particular calling and giftings are and how to use those. Amen. So, so, so let's, let's take a look here. Uh, 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says, and I'm going to read it just from the KJV real, real quickly. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says this all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen? Again, when you read, look, look at 2 Timothy 3.16 from the New Living Translation. We, I love this version because it really drives home the point. See, if you're you in one of those three categories, if you never heard of spiritual gifts, which again, if you're a member of this church and have ever heard of spiritual gift, that means you haven't been coming very often. All right? And if you're a member of this church and don't know what your spiritual gifting is, that means that you've been coming, but you hadn't gotten plugged into a small group study where we did where we talked about and did a class because we had we wanted everybody in the church at one point in time to go through the spiritual gift discovery class. Now I know that we've had new people to come in. So new people who've come in and old folks who are here, guess what we're gonna do? On Wednesday night. See, if you won't know what your gifting is, you gotta you got you gotta you gotta you gotta, 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 gotta carve out some time on Wednesday night. One amen over there, two over there. If you really want to know what your gifting is, we're, we're going to go through the process of, of unpacking spiritual gifts at, at a deep level, give you the, the traits, the trends, and the, the, the tendencies of a person who has it, what the strengths, and what are the things that those people have to watch out for when you have those giftings. All right, so so if you're unlearned right now, you can be learned if you want to be learned. Amen? Okay. So if you don't know, you can know. Amen. Look at what the text says. Watch this. All scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. What does it do? What does the scripture do? It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That's what scripture would do. Verse 17, that very same uh, of chapter, God uses it. What is it? Word. The word scripture. God uses word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. He uses word. Now watch this guys. If God uses word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, If you don't have any word time, if you don't have any corporate time where you come together uh, in small group to study the word of God, and you don't have any face time with God's word in your own private time, how, pray tell me, are you going to be prepared to do the good work? If God uses the word to prepare and equip you. But you say, I don't need the word. Oh, I forgot, you don't just come out and say, I don't need the word, you just don't study the word. You tell yourself that you don't have enough time. That's not enough hours in the day, Pass. I am so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. Listen, all of us got stuff to do. But until we make up in our minds to give God his time and to put ourselves under the, the direction of his word, we won't get to where we need to be in this walk with the Lord. God uses the scripture to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I personally believe that many of our churches are suffering because we have people, you sitting out there right now, God has endowed you with spiritual gifts, which we're going to see here, that that, that are there to build us up. But we are lacking in being built up because you don't even know what your gift is. And it can be utilized to build this body. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a selfish sort of way, want to pull this out of you because we need you. Yes, we need you, your gifting to build this church. And we're not we're not where we need to be right now because many, many, many believers who are members of this church don't even know what their gifting is. Or maybe you misuse your gifting. Or maybe you have been afraid to step out and, and, and discover that and allow the Holy Spirit to use it. So get back here. Let's go back. Okay, so God uses it to prepare. So the scripture, so we got to study. We got to study about spiritual gifts, right? Be like the folks in Thessalonica. In Acts 17, 11 says, they were more noble than those uh, in Thessalonica in that they received the word, the, the men of Berea. The men of Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica because in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so, okay? They searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. So we got to spend some time studying spiritual gifts. Now get back to 1 Corinthians 12 chapter right here. i got to roll. So we know that spiritual gifts were promised, amen, uh, and prophesied in Acts, I mean in Joel, the second chapter. It came to manifestation in Acts, the second chapter, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was ushered into the earth realm. Now, let's get back to, let's go to the New Living Translation uh, and go go with me uh, to verse number uh, seven, okay? Verse number seven. First Corinthians 12 chapter verse number seven says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. There it is right there. Look, Look at that. Look at this. A spiritual gift is given to what? Each of us. Touch yourself and say, I have spiritual gifts. Say, I should use my spiritual gift to help another believer. All right, let's go. Next verse says this. Verse 8 says, so to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives the message of special knowledge. The, The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Next verse says, well, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether messages message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Verse 11, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have now watch this on the outline types of spiritual gifts again spiritual gifts are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit to individual believers for the purpose of edifying the church for the purpose of building the church up so we talk about here what's described in this in this in this chapter here is uh, what we call Holy Spirit gifts all right Holy Spirit gift why do we call it Holy Spirit gifts because as Paul describes the giftings that are here these gifts are operate as the spirit wills. Now, watch this now. They operate as the spirit wills. Now, we talk about word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healings, working of miracles, gift of prophecy. Now, again, because of time, what I'm, what I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm not going to go through all the definitions of these. That's what we're going to unpack on Wednesday night. But understand this. These gifts move as the spirit wills. In other words, you can't turn these gifts off and on like you can a water faucet. These particular gifts move at the Holy Spirit's instruction. At the Holy under the Holy Spirit's anointing and timing. Are y'all tracking with today? So, so 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 it, it's, it's really important because see, some of the ones in Corinth had been used to to, to to give a word of wisdom. Another word of wisdom. A, a word of knowledge, a word of knowledge talks about something that nobody knows but you. But that person under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit knew exactly what you were going through and you ain't told nobody about it. But they come up to you and tell you exactly. I'm not talking about guessing. I'm not talking about somebody, well, you know, do you feel something over here? Or, uh, you know, I sense, no, they were precise. Because the Holy Spirit knows what you dealt with. Came up to you and told you about something you were dealing with and you hadn't told anybody about. And that word not, now again, What was happening is the Corinthian believers, some have been used uh, by the Holy Spirit to give a word of knowledge, but then some of them begin to abuse it and start making up stuff. Just because the Holy Spirit used you with the gift of healings in a service don't mean that you can lay hands every time and they get healed instantly. The gift of healings operates as what? The spirit wills. Man, I wish I had the gift of healing I could turn it off and all. I would go to the hospital and and it and just shut LSU down. I would go to Willis-Knighton and all those facilities they got around Street Club and would go out of business because I would go there and touch folks and just heal them right there. But because he used me to touch someone and they got healed instantly over here, I can't conjure up the gift of healings when I get it ready. Now, I always can pray a prayer of faith Amen? But that's different than the gifts of healings. When the gifts of healings are in operation, he- healing comes instantaneous. I'm talking about verifiable miracle healing. Are oh, y'all listening to me though? So those are what we call Holy Spirit gifts. They operate what? As the spirit wills. We're talking about the gift of prophecy, gift of healing, working a miracle. We're going we're to we're unpack those things. So that's the first category of spiritual gifts. Now next one we have is what we call ministry gifts. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, go there right quick. Ephesians 4 and 11. Y'all know this. Ephesians 4 and 11. These are what we call ministry gifts. Almost like uh, church offices, so to speak. But it's not just the position, it's the calling on a person's life. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse number 11, let's look at that right quick. Glory to God. Ephesians 4 and 11 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to whom? He gave it to whom? He gave these gifts to the church. What gift did he give to the church? The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Now, verse 12, watch this. Verse 12 says what? Their responsibility, my responsibility as a pastor and teacher in this church, my responsibility is to do what? To equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. The body of Christ. So, so my responsibility is to equip you to do the work. But well, pastor, why we pay you to do the work? No. It says what? The responsibility of these mission gifts is to do what? It's to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So when you are being equipped, amen, to do the work, your equipping is not just for you, but it's to build up the body of Christ. All right, Now watch this, verse, verse number 13. Read it, read it, read it. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. All right. So he gave those gifts to equip and build the church. Those are called what we're calling ministry gifts. And then thirdly, we have what we call body gifts. Go to Romans the 12th chapter, verse six through eight. Body gifts. These are these are gifts that are that are part of the body of Christ. In other words, we had Holy Spirit gifts that move throughout the body as the spirit wills. And then we have ministry gifts that are designed to equip and prepare you to do the work of the ministry. And then now we have these giftings that, that are within the, the course of the body of Christ that help us get work done. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. There are certain people that have gifts gift in certain areas. And guys, you know it because it's it's it, it moves in such a supernatural way. That, that, and you look at it and you think, I don't know how they did that. I don't know how, how, how that came to fruition, but it's because they have been gifted to do such a thing. It says, and use different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7, let's read. If your gift is serving others, which is the ministry of helps, serve them well. Some of y'all, it's clear that you have the ministry gifts of help. You don't want to be up front. You don't have to be up front. Just give me something to do behind the scene to help the body get going. Those folks, I mean, those folks are invaluable in the body of Christ. Because in some churches, you have everybody want to get up front. Everybody want their name called. People who have the ministry get some the help. They just just as content serving behind the scene, making sure everything goes well. They will go pick up the Kool Aid if they have to. Come on now. They'll, they'll lay out the tables and then just pick them back up. Huh? They'll go through this and they'll go through that. That stuff that you consider to be mundane and unimportant—it's real important because if somebody's not doing that, we're gonna get messed up when the thing gets get ready to get get started, right? So people who have helps—they—they that they, they, they serve, or they, they—they, if your gift is serving, serving well. said, if you are a teacher, teach well. Amen. I, I've said before, I want our best teachers teaching. People can teach, but maybe I want our, I want those who have. Uh, the ministry gift of teaching teaching are y'all following me because when they teach they unpack and they paint a picture and they and, and you're able to understand it I'm not saying that everybody can't teach because just because you are a professional teacher in the school system don't mean that you called to teach in a church. Now it could be but it don't have to be. Because this is a special anointing to be able to explain the scripture and make it plain to those who are listening. If you're a teacher, teach well. Verse 8 it says what? If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. I, I, I told Sister Bob, it's before a mother died. Uh, Mama, Jessie. Mama Jessie, had the ministry gift of encouragement or exhortation. She would always call people and encourage them. Uh, and, 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 and wish him happy birthdays and anniversaries. I mean, she wouldn't miss one. Is that right, Bobby? Uh, and, and so, uh, I, but, I, but sometimes you think, well, that? that's not real. It is important. When you're down and out, you need somebody to encourage you. Come on now. When you're going through, you need somebody who has the ministry gift of encouragement or exhortation to call you up to get in front of you and say, hey, baby, it's going to be all right. Come on! I know you. I know you're going through. You think the world's going to end, but it's not going to end. I've been through that before too, and I'm still here and I'm alive. Hey, hold your head up! Come on, you're going to get through this. God is on your side. You need somebody to encourage you. So those folks are very important. It's the gift of encouraging others. It, 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 if it's the gift of giving, give generously. Some of y'all have the mission gift of giving, where everybody is supposed to give. But these folks give beyond. They, 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 they love to sow. And see, people like this, if you're not careful, people who don't have the gift will think that they are, they, they're trying to show out. Well, they're not showing out. They just want to give, amen, as the Lord has blessed them. They'll sow into people's lives, amen. They'll, they'll plant seed. Uh, uh, when I say seed, I'm talking about money. The gift of giving here is talking about giving financial resources into other people's lives. Everybody is supposed to give their tithes and offerings, but people who have the minister gift of giving, man, they go beyond. They go well beyond that. They don't. They don't. They don't look at what's the cap or what's the minimum I can do. They say, "Well, God, how, whatever you want me, if, if it's thirty percent of my resources, I'm going to give thirty percent." And they move when the Holy Spirit. Tells on here's, here's the move. Here's the beat of that thing. When they give like that, God knows he can trust he, trust them to pour more resources in their, in their life. So that those who have to get the giving seem to be getting more because they want, they give. Alright, so give it. If, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it what? Do it Glad. And we're going to stop right there. So, those are the different classification of spiritual gifts, and we're going to unpack those on Wednesday night, okay? So, so what he says here, the Corinthian church, they were misusing and abusing these gifts, and it was causing problems because in the corporate assembly, he wanted things to be done to build up the corporate body, amen? Watch this. Go, go with me, if you will, to verse number 12 of this 12th chapter, okay? Verse number 12, we're going to, got to move here. 13 chapters was known the love chapter and, and Paul 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 begins to tell them, now listen, whatever you do, if you're doing it and it's not out of love, it's just, it just, it just like a bunch of noise. All right, Look what he says. The human body has many parts but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. He still explained to them because there were some, again, who were, who were in, in Corinth, they were misusing these giftings and not doing out of love. But the many parts make up One whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Look at the next verse. So some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Now it says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says I'm not a part of the body because because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. Look at the next verse. And if the ears say I am not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? The obvious answer is no, right? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Paul just explained it. If you want big old eye, you can't hear, right? Or if your whole body were an ear, I just, I mean just, I just got a picture of all of y'all being big old ears out right there right there. That just came to my mind. You a big old ear. You can hear real good, but you can't see nothing. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Paul is giving a, 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 a tangible illustration of how spiritual gifts work. Okay? Now, he says, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Next verse, let's read. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Come on, the eye can never say to the hand, I, I don't need you. In other words, we're saying we can't afford to dismiss anybody in this church because you have something that we need. You have a gifting that, that if you don't know it, let's discover what it is so we can begin to utilize it and help to build this body. Say, so, I'm important to the body. You absolutely are. It, and then here's the beauty of it, guys. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you live, what you drive. Your spiritual gift can be utilized in this church, and we need it. Next verse. Next verse it says, "In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary." Come on. Next verse. And the parts we regard as less honorable. Of those we clothe, of, of those we clothe with the greatest care, so we carefully protect those those parts that should not be seen. <laughs> Do y'all see what he's saying there? Back up, back up. He says, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care, so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Move on. Move, move on. While the more honorable parts do not require the special care, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. That's what he's getting after. The, the body of Christ at Corinth had had dissolved had, 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 had to such a point that where they were utilizing their missions and spiritual gifts and they had, they had ceased to care for each other. They had stopped, man encouraging one another. They were involved in all kinds of things. And what I want to tell you today is if you're sitting there and, and you're saying, well, Pastor, what are, you, what are you trying to tell me? What I'm trying to tell you is, is that you have gifts that we need and you are to use that gift to help build everybody else up in this body. And that that requires, as I said on Wednesday night, that requires for us to be closer connected and authentic community. You have gifts that we need, but we can't utilize it because you 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 won't connect with anybody. You run away from people. You come to church, but as soon as church is over, you never call anybody who are part of this church. You never try to establish a relationship and be authentic with another brother or sister in Christ. An authentic community is something that we all need. This church needs you to be connected and engaged. This church needs you to connect so you can so you can have a level of transparency with that person who you're in authentic community with. Nevertheless, authentic community means that we are connected together and we're able to share things, share hurts, share disappointment, share downfalls, share when we mess up. Because nobody comes to here on Sunday morning and says, Pastor, you know what? Man, uh, you know, last night I cussed my wife out. But pastor, last night, you know what, man? You know, uh, I got drunk. Now, some of y'all may have gotten drunk, but you ain't telling nobody. (laughs) Which again, be not drunk with wine, which is an excess, but be filled with the spirit. So drunkenness should not be a part of your lifestyle. But if you did fall... It would be of the utmost importance if you want to do right now. Some people I have discovered don't want to do right. If you did fall, wouldn't it be great to have a brother or sister in the body you go to say, listen, I need you to pray with me because I mean I messed up big time last night. And I, I need you to walk with me. I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to speak. To, I listen, you pray over me right now. Just get some oil and just just, just, just pour it all over my head. Pray over me. Because I, I I acted a fool last night. How many of y'all got somebody who you can tell that you acted a fool last night? I'm talking to church. I ain't talking about your cousin. <laughs> well, I go to my cousin. He ain't saved. I'm talking about somebody who, who, who spiritually matured up to say, listen, man, man, listen, we're going to pray about that thing. i, I tell you what. The next time you get angry right there, I need you to dab. put my number on speed dial. And you call me and I'm coming over there. Because I can't have you as a man of God cussing your, cussing your wife out. I don't know why I keep going on cussing. <laughs> Use your mouth to, to edify God. Okay, so now watch watch this, guys. All right. So this makes for harmony among men. So you, you got gifted. So we need to connect. We need to connect. Everybody say connect. Watch this. Next verse, come on. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. and Each of you is a part of it. Watch this. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Watch this. Are we all apostles? Are we all the prophets? No. Are we all teachers? No. Do we all have the power to do miracles? No. Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly decide the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Verse, chapter 13, chapter. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. He says, now listen, here's here's what you got to understand. All these gifts that we talked about, and you discover your gift, but if you don't utilize it and operate that gift in love, then it's useless. Sometimes we do stuff, but we do it not out of love. Yeah, I'm going to help you foot a dog. I ain't going to want to do it, but I'm going to go and do it. (laughs) Keep it. Because God ain't going to bless that. You know that, don't you? I, you know, I, I, I went on and did it, but I sure didn't want to do it. I was mad the whole time I was going. You going to be mad while you're doing something? Keep your little mad stuff at home. You know people do that in the church too. Do stuff for the Lord and then be angry and all bitter on the inside while you're doing it. And think you're going to get blessed. We got to get it right, guys. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy, going, clanging cymbal. Next verse, let's read. If I had to get the prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. Next verse, uh, I gave, if I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Come on, let's go. It says, love is Oh, here it is. Here's the definition of love. You say you love your wife? You say you love your husband? You say you love the Lord? You love people in the body of Christ? All right, so let's see love personified. Let's see if you've really been loving. Love is what? And what? If I were to ask five people who know you very well, would they describe you as a patient and a kind person? That's what I want to know. I know what you say when you roll up in it. Yeah, I'm so patient. so kind. No, you're not. I want to talk to people who know you when you ain't here. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Love don't get upset because this church is growing and ours has been standing still for five years. If, you know, love, love don't get mad at them because the, the Lord is doing something over there. And and again, here's another thing. In America, we got we we got the false analogy that that, that big means better. Uh-uh. That's not how God measures whether or not you've been faithful to Him or not. Now, more power, if the church is growing and people are getting saved, I'm happy for them. I can't be jealous of that. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Look at the next verse. Or you're not operating in love if you're a rude person. Look at the person next to you. Say, am I rude? Maybe you don't even know them. Some some of y'all sit next to somebody who you do know. Tell them the truth. Yeah, you are. Watch this. Watch this. Love is not rude. It does not demand its own way. How many of y'all living with people who want everything their way? And they get upset if it don't go their way. They throw a fit until they get their way. Till so you say, oh, just, just go on, just do it, just do it. It doesn't demand its own way. <laughs> Look at this, it's not irritable, come on. And it keeps no record of being wrong. How many of y'all still got that in the back of my ear? I remember five years ago. I ain't going to ever forget that. I'm going I'm to I'm 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 hug you. I'm going to tell you how, good to you, brother, but I ain't going to forget it. Some of y'all got stuff you bring up. Every time y'all get into the office, you bring the same stuff up over and over again. That was 15 years ago, but you're still bringing it up, aren't you? That ain't love. Bible says love is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. Number six. Come on, let's go. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. That's what love does. Love, love, love don't, love don't, I'm glad he got shot. I didn't, he, you know, he, he should have did. Listen, love, love, love don't do that. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and it endures through every circumstance. That's what love does. Some of y'all don't even really know what love is because you hadn't endured through no circumstance with anybody. Until you've gone through and endured through something with somebody, don't, don't talk to me about love. You don't know what love is. Because you, you've you only stayed in relationships where things have went your way and everything was kosher. But when somebody messed up, dead wrong, that you have the capacity to forgive them and to maintain the relationship. That's that true agape love, all right? It's always hopeful and do us through every circumstance. Watch this. Watch this. It says, what well, prophecy and speaking an unknown language and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Watch this. Now, our knowledge is partially incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when full understanding comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now, we see things imperfectly and it's in the cloud and mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partially incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. See, when we see Jesus face to face, we're going to know all things, amen, as they are. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Love. It's love. Now, he said these spiritual gifts should be operated out of love. So don't do anything if you're not doing it out of love. Don't especially he's talking about exercising spiritual gifts in the 14th chapter, which we don't we're not going to go to. In the 14th chapter, he deals with the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. The gift of tongues is when God gives a supernatural message from heaven down through a man out to the people. And it's, he's talking about the corporate assembly because what was happening in Corinth was you had folks while preaching and prophecy were going on, people jumping up speaking in tongues. Okay, and 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 so there was no order in the church, and so Paul. Paul says if there's no order, people can't get edified. Because if, if Monica jumps up and starts giving a word in tongues and then uh, 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 Carl Jones jumps up and starts giving a word in prophecy, then somebody else back there start speaking in tongues. While I'm preaching, guess what's going to happen? We're going to be confused. You can't listen to me. I did this one time before. You can't listen to me at the same time somebody else talking. Stand up, Carl. Uh, set up, Monica. Y'all start talking right now. I mean, talk this whatever you want to say. Quote a scripture, whatever you want to say, amen. W- come on right now, real out. All right. Sherry, come on, stand up. S- stand up, Sherry. Start talking. Say something. You know, I'm trying to get the word of God out to you guys. And you know, the Lord, the Lord told me to tell you this one thing. Now you if you get this one thing right now, man, it's gonna it's gonna allow you to, to, to prosper and have a million dollars. So here it is right now. See if you go, if you come to with me to Brooks after. All right, all right, all right, thank y'all so much. Thank you. See, that's what's happening in Corinth. Everybody had a word. Everybody had a tongue. Now, again, the, Paul says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than all y'all. I speak in tongues and I thank God that I do. But in the church, in the corporate assembly, he says, I'd rather speak in words that people can understand than words that they can't understand, because if they can't understand it, they can't get no 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 uh, no no encouragement and inspiration from it. So in Corinth, they were misusing the gift by just everybody just popping up when they got a word. And you know, some people just think that's okay. But that things should be done decently in order. He wasn't knocking tongues. Tongues is, is one of the gifts he gave us. Amen? Amen? All right. So my time is up. And so next week, we're going to talk about the resurrection because that 15th chapter gets into the resurrection.